You are listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon titled, Decisions Determine Destiny, by Pastor Gary Hebden, from the series, My Friend's Favorite Talks. For more info, visit creekside.org. Last week, I understand you had uh, Dan Lelisher here speaking, and, and just, to, just to let you know, Dan Lelisher actually, honestly, is the guy who prayed with me when I, when I said yes to Jesus years ago. And uh, the result of that is, is that he and I went off to Bible college together and, and uh, were roommates in Bible college together. Now he then, because he was gifted uh, in singing, he, he became a part of a music group, I think it was called Manna Bread and Company. Or something. Anybody ever hear that group or remember them from way back when? Yep, yep, of course you would, Jim. So they... they, they <laughs> They, Jim was way, way back in the old days. Now, uh, I didn't actually get to be a part of the team in terms of singing and, and uh, any talent of sort because I can't sing, I can't play a musical instrument, I can't dance, I can't preach, just warning you. I, I just, th- there's not very much talent. I'm just a farm boy. Uh, but, but one thing, even in my own church, during worship, see, I'm kind of at a bad angle over here because in order for me to know when to clap... The people on the platform make sure I have a straight line to the drummer because I only know when to clap when he hits the snare drum. So if he's not hitting the snare drum, I'm I'm waiting because I just don't know when, you know, but then he he finally does. But I got to be kind of the guy that hauled in the equipment and pulled the equipment out. And and one time we were at a little church called Franklin uh, just outside of Eugene, and Wayne Cadero and, and Dan Lelisher and two girls who were part of that group and myself were standing behind the platform. There's a room. There's a door you go out, and you in this little room right behind the platform. We're in a circle. We're praying, praying passionately for God to, to just come and meet the people that morning. And, and Dan is on my right hand, and suddenly as I, my eyes are closed and I'm calling out to God, all of a sudden I feel this horrible jerk on my right hand. And I heard this terrible noise. And when I, I, so I opened my eyes and looked just as Dan is letting go of my hand. His leg went right through the floor of the church. <laughs> and he, he reached to catch himself. And when he caught himself, both his hands went through the floor of the church. And then his body went through the floor of the church. I had just enough time to be the hero. I reached down quickly, grabbed the remaining foot, and I'm holding him as he's swinging down below. It is pitch black down there. I can't see anything. We don't know what's under him. I can't even see the, the, his head. It's so it was, it was absolutely that dark down there. Wayne Cadero is standing in the back. He's not helping. He's just laughing. And... <laughs> And, and the two girls had no clue what to do. They're laughing. I hear Dan yelling, but I can't quite hear what he's... I can't really quite make out what he's saying. So, so I let go of him. And suddenly we hear this crash as he falls into a bunch of stuff down below. We couldn't even see him down there. And we heard him mumbling something down there. I, I hope that it was something that was helping him get ready for the service, but I'm not sure. He then, and we're all standing, we're trying to look down into this hole and see, but it's pitch black and we're laughing. We can't understand what he's saying. He finds his way out. He comes up. He comes through a back door and into that room. And he says to me, he says, Gary, why did you let go? And I said, well, I, I thought that's what you said. I thought you said to let go. And he said, no, I said, don't let go. 
And so I said to him, I said, well, Dan, I, 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 think, I think I got a life lesson for you. I, I got a little takeaway for you. Here, here's something you should take away with this issue. What you should do is you should always remember this, that you, Dan, should have some guardrails in your life. So, so uh, if uh, you should have some guardrails. Thank you. So if you ever hear anything about it, you know where its source was. It's a, actually, thank you, Cameron, for, for the help. The, uh, I want to talk to you this morning about something that, that, that impacts my life. I think it, it may well affect your life as well. And in order to do that, I want to read to you out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Now, many of you may have heard this verse before. Some of you may even be able to quote it. I'm actually not going to preach from this sermon or from this verse, but it is the platform by which we're going to take a leap. And, and the, the result of that is, is while I'm not talking about this verse, this verse really encapsulates a, a very important point that I want you to catch this morning. And so the verse is Galatians 6, verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that also he will reap. Now, now basically, what that says is, don't kid yourself. It doesn't matter what your, your situation is with God. It doesn't matter your relationship to him. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. Because the reality of it is, is that what you decide to do, your decisions are going to bear the appropriate fruit that connects to that decision. Now, having said that, I'm going to give you seven words. If you memorize these seven words, you are good to go. You do not have to listen to the rest of this sermon. In fact, if you memorize these seven words then you could absolutely fall asleep at your table and be good to go. And, and if you do fall asleep at your table, I'm liable to come down, tap you on the shoulder, and wake you up. And if you wake up and you quote me the seven words, I will say to you, you can go back to sleep. If you don't quote the seven words, I promise you the rest of the sermon will be preached from your table. So... You want to get these down. Here they are. They're very simple. Decisions determine direction, and direction determines destiny. Decisions determine direction, and direction determines destiny. Now, I'd like you just to all quote it with me. Say, say those words with me. Are you ready? Decisions determine direction, and direction determines destiny. It is absolutely the case. You get that down, and you remember it, and you keep it as a part of your toolbox of living, you will begin to know that it's very important that you make decisions now. They have a huge impact on the direction of your life and have a huge impact on where you'll end up in life. So, if, you, if we think about it, as I was studying for this, I was, I was reading and studying, and I discovered this. I asked, I, I kind of wanted to know the question, how many decisions does the average American make in a given day? How many decisions? What do you think? A hundred, I heard? Fifty? I actually heard, uh, uh, it, 
What's really interesting to me is that the people who do all this research, they were, they were all over the map in trying to, to, to do this because one researcher said that the average American makes 70 decisions over the course of a day. Now, I also read a lot of other researchers who did tremendous research on it, and they said that the average American actually makes anywhere from 33 to 35,000 decisions every single day. It's incredible. But if you think about it, you know, we do make a lot of decisions that we don't really realize are a decision. For instance, you had to make a decision this morning. Should I get up and go to church today? Honey, who's speaking today? I don't know, some dude named Gary. I'm going to, let's, let's sleep in. We'll go to the second service, you know. You, you, you had a decision to make. You, you, uh, you had to decide what you're going to wear when you come to church. If you're going to wear matching socks or you're going to, you've got decisions to make. You've got to decide if you're going to eat breakfast. If you're going to eat breakfast, what are you going to eat for breakfast? You, you've got decisions all day long that are somewhat inconsequential. Uh, let's take a quick test. One decision that many of us have to make right now is this, you know, and, and be ready to raise your hand. Give, give me, let's see the, the vote on this. How many of you have already decided that this, starting this August and, and on through the season, you are going to root for the Niners this season? Huh? Raise your hand if that, that's you. There's something. How, okay, now let's try. How many of you have already decided that starting this August, going all the way through the season, you're going to root for the Raiders? Now, now, I just I want to caution you because the Bible says that a house divided against itself cannot stand. I don't want to be the reason Pastor Terry comes back and the church is half of what it once was. So, so I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you with a better decision, a decision that can bring unanimity. And that is this. I would encourage you to do as I'm going to do, and that is this season root for the should have been world champions except for one really bad offensive play call, Seattle Seahawks. How many? Yeah, see, we, we, okay, so gotten a little violent. Gotten a little violent. I'm on my, I will leave after this, so out the back door. Now, we all make decisions. Some of the decisions really are very inconsequential. But there are some decisions that are not so inconsequential. That There are decisions that you and I make that absolutely will impact you or others for the rest of your life when you make those decisions. And this is really important. A lot of people act like, behave like, somehow we are haplessly bound to some things coming out around us. I, I can't help it. These things were this way around. Look, your decisions determine your direction. And your direction will absolutely determine your destiny. God did not leave you hopelessly bound to things outside of yourself and you are doomed because of someone else's decisions. No, your decisions determine your destiny, not someone else's. Now, I want to just give you quickly uh, four observations that will help us kind of laser in on, on that reality. And if you will just remember that decisions determine direction and direction determines destiny, it absolutely will impact you as you're going throughout your life, no matter if you're young or if you're of an age of great wisdom. However you are, wherever you're at in life, don't forget this because I'm still learning, I'm still growing, I still have to remind myself of this reality. 
Here's the first observation. Observation number one. My decisions are significant because they determine my direction. My decisions are very significant because they determine my direction. So here's what happens. After church today, you're going to go out of the, the parking lot and you have a decision to make. Are you going to go left or are you going to go right? Now, if you decide to go left, you're going to come to another intersection and you're going to have to decide to either go left again or right or straight across, but you've got a decision to make. And whatever your decision is, that decision will absolutely impact, determine where you're going to end up. Now, if you want to end up somewhere else, then don't make the first decision wrong. You've got to make that first decision right because it affects your direction. It's that way in life. Now, how important is it that we make a good decision? How, how vital is that to us? Well, it's, it's actually very, very important. Here's what Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says. It says this, There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. I thought I was going to go this way. I thought it was the right way. But, but it turns out that at the end of that decision was calamity, not, not something really good. Let me just ask real quick. Here, be prepared to raise your hand. How many here, you can think back in your life and you know you made a decision that you wish you could take back because that decision ended in calamity? How many made that decision? You know, it's like, can you, how do you do that? You know, it's like... Yeah, we do that, right? I mean, it's, it's incredible. And so it's really important that I start learning and understanding that and being a little bit more thoughtful about the decisions that I've got to make. I, I grew up on a farm, dairy farm, and, uh, and we milked the cows twice a day, 2.30 in the morning, 2.30 in the afternoon, every day, seven days a week, every day of the year, every year, 2.30 in the morning, 2.30 at night. Now, during the summer, when I, when I wasn't in school, then uh, I would give my dad a break, you know, starting in high school years, I would give my dad a break, and I would do the 2.30 in the morning one, giving him a chance to sleep in a little bit, especially during the summer, because you're getting the hay in and everything else, and they're long, hard days, and so uh, I would do the, the milking 2.30 in the, in the morning. Uh, during school years, I would get home from school, take over from him as he started the milking at 2.30. Now... On one particular day, I had a friend who was going to come spend the night with me, and, and he was going to go with me down to the barn to milk the cows there at 2.30 in the morning. You get up, and you go down to the cow yard, and there you, the, you, you kind of get all the machines and everything on. Then you go out to the holding pen, and you open up this great big gate so that the cows can go into the holding pen. You close the gate behind them, and then the cows start funneling through the door that leads them into the milking parlor. Now... Uh, before they get into the holding pen, they're just out in the cow lot. Now, as they're milling around the cow lot, there's a couple things you should know about cows. Cows mass produce two things. Milk and the byproduct of having eaten a lot of hay. Now, the byproduct, you have to actually... You scrape the, the, cow, the cow lot every other day because it, it tends to pile up. And so you have to scrape it. So you got a tractor, big 
big scooper on the front, you scrape it out of it. But here's the interesting thing about it. You know, if, you, if you're in the know, you, you understand that in the cow lot, even though there's always a little a thin layer of byproduct all over the cow lot, you also know that there is a place that has a significant, a significant possibility of trouble. It's a hole under the ground. You can't see it because the byproduct covers it and everything else around the, the, the cow lot. This particular one happens to be about 10 feet in diameter, jagged, rough edge, you know, and without any exaggeration, it's probably about a foot deep. Now, my friend and I, Kevin, we're out, we're rounding up the cows, getting them to go towards the holding pen where we can get them all put in there, get ready to milk the cows. One of the cows is this young heifer who had just had her very first calf. So she's never, she's only been through the milking process, I think like two times before that. So she's very unaccustomed and quite filled with anxiety about what's going on. And so she's kind of moving along with the other cows. Suddenly she sprints and she takes off trying to go back to the back end of the cow lot. And she knows where this large hole is, so she cuts around it. Now my good friend Kevin, he was less knowing than the cow. The cow was smarter than Kevin on this day. She goes around the hole. And Kevin, before I could even help him with his decision, he makes a decision. He's going to help me out. He's going to cut this young heifer off. He takes off sprinting in, in an angle to cut her off because she's going around the hole. So he's going to sprint to cut her off. And suddenly his, feet, his foot comes across something where there is no ground. And when his foot goes down... His momentum carries him, uh, carries him forward, and suddenly, remarkably, he was out of sight. He was gone. He was once there. Now he's gone. Now, he gets himself up out of there, and he seriously looked like a green cookie monster. He just, it was incredible. It was incredible. I loved every moment of it. Now... The problem was is that Kevin didn't know what I and the cow already knew. And, and so therefore, he made a quick decision, and it ended up causing him uh, to get uh, inundated by, by the byproduct and uh, made it very uncomfortable for him. Your decision determines your direction, and your direction is going to bring you to a destiny. That destiny is directly connected to your first decision. And that destiny is going to bear the fruit of what that decision was. And so there is a natural, a natural bearing of fruit based upon the decision you make. And, and so what we need to do is we need to take time to understand what it is we're doing and realize that that, that decision could ultimately cost you. Becoming a disciple of Jesus absolutely is filled with decision-making and your decisions will determine the direction of your life. As disciples of Jesus, it is so important that we're not just kind of tripping through life, but that we, we make sure we take time to understand what this decision will do for my future. Because it sets a direction. I had a uh, my wife and I had a good friend uh, uh, who were, he and his wife were in ministry. And, and the wife 
uh, had, or the couple had a daughter the same age as our daughter, and and that the the wife, she she actually literally became like a second mother to our daughter. She, what a marvelous couple! And this woman was so so good. She she was so good, so kind to our daughter, and she she was so involved in our daughter's life. It was just like a second mother to her. Uh, but the this time came when the husband who was in ministry came to his wife and said i just got to tell you that that i'm 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 kind of struggling i've i've got this emotional connection with this other woman she's she's flirting with me and i've, I've been flirting with her and and i'm just feeling this emotional connection and, it, and it's scaring me and he's telling his wife this and it so devastated his wife that she had seriously a mental break and and from that day forward we could hardly know who she was she was absolutely not the same person anymore it just devastated her the result was is that a couple years later because it was so severe and things were so bad that he and her ended up divorced and and she became an alcoholic and she became an a, a horrific abuser of prescription drugs and she was even stealing them from the houses of people that she was supposed to be watching and her life just spiraled down and down and uh, ultimately just just a couple of weeks ago she was staying with her daughter that's the same age as our daughter and and she she was pacing 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 the house uh, trying because her daughter said look if you're going to stay with me there can't be any drinking can't be any drugs she's down in the basement she's pacing 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 and the daughter decided to sleep at the top of the stairs because her mother she knew was downstairs suffering so suddenly she heard her mother scream and she went down and her mother died down there in that basement now you think about decisions a decision that a man makes absolutely it's, it's not just a decision that affects us, a decision that a woman makes. It doesn't just affect us. There's a place in which you can step off into real tragedy. If you're going, making decisions that you go down a direction that you can't now come back from, and you're, you're under it, and now you're paying the fruit of, of that decision. We have to be very thoughtful as disciples of Jesus. David knew that in the Old Testament. He said this in Psalm 143.8. He said, For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. God, I, I don't know for sure what I should be doing or where I should be going, but I don't want to make a decision that is going to put me under. I really need your help, your wisdom. See, we've got to take the time to understand God's best for us before we just run off. Because your decisions, I guarantee you, you can write it down. Your decisions determine the direction of your life. And the direction will absolutely determine the, your destiny. Here's observation. So let me just ask you quickly. What decisions right now are on your plate that you're having to make? What are the decisions that you've got to make right now? And, and the question is, have you talked to God about it? Now, now we oftentimes say, you know, you know, have you prayed about it? Oh, yeah, I've prayed. No, what you're really saying is, uh, no, I've just, I've, I've, I've turned it over my brain a lot. I, I can't sleep at night. I'm thinking about it. And the reason I know we, we say, yeah, I prayed when we really didn't is because I have personal experience. I can't tell you how many times I've said, oh, yeah, I've prayed. You know, I, of course, you know, I'm a Christian. Didn't I pray? You know, and I never prayed. So not only did I not pray, I'm lying through my teeth. You know, I didn't pray. So, 
reality is if we've got to make sure that there's a place where we're down on our knees next to our bed or going for a walk with God somewhere or going for a drive with God somewhere or pace a room with God. But talk to God and ask him because God has a great stake in our not going under so much so that Jesus died for us. Observation number two. My decisions determine the quality of my life. Things I decide, that those, my decisions absolutely affect the quality of my life. James chapter 1, verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What that means is, is that a person, a man or a woman, who is, who's, who's wrestling between two opinions and, and is indecisive, can't make up their mind, is having trouble making a decision, they're, they're, un, they're, undis, they're, they're unstable. There's, there's a lot of just not working out. Things are, are going not so well in your life. That instability affects three areas of our life. Here they are. The first one is this. It produces unstable emotions. When you cannot be decisive, you haven't talked to God, you're not listening to the counsel of those who love you and, and have some investment in your life and, and you're just trying to, and you're not paying attention. And the consequence of not being able to be decisive is that it produces unstable emotions. Have you, have you ever experienced when your emotions are just all over the map? And you, and you say this, you say, I'm just a wreck because I don't know what to do. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I'm a wreck. I just keep thinking and thinking. And I, I've even prayed, but I just don't know what to do, and I'm a wreck. When you're indecisive, it produces unstable emotions. It produces unstable relationships. Have you ever had to, or have you been in a relationship with someone who is, their emotions are all over the map? And you're, you're trying to understand, and you're trying to relate to them. You're trying to, to help them and encourage them, but they're up and they're down. And now it's yes, and now it's no, and now it's yes, and now it's no. And you're trying your best to support them in whatever it may be, but you're, you're wrestling with it because they're, they're, just, they're all over the map. It's relationships, a struggle because of it. Here's the third one. It produces unstable spiritual life. There's an old hymn we used to sing that says, trust and obey for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus except to trust and obey. Well, if I'm not trusting God, and I, I know his word says this, and I feel pretty strongly in my spirit that his Holy Spirit's moving me a certain way, but I'm just, wow, that's scary. For instance, I, I had a guy one time uh, years ago when I had planted a church and I was working couple different jobs same time I was pastoring I was working at JC Penney's and a, and a, and one of the guys was there who had not been a Christian and and he became a Christian and and he said uh, I got I don't know what to do my wife knows I'm having an affair and uh, I, I don't know what to do I said well tell her the truth he said yeah, if I tell her the truth I'm dead well okay you're dead tell her the truth you know you see we oftentimes try to find any way possible to, not, to, to use, ultimately, the devil's tools to accomplish God's work. Was it scary? Yeah, it was scary. When he told her, she took a whole bunch of pills, had to be taken to the hospital and have her stomach pumped. You know, they, it was hard. 
But they got together, they stayed together, and ultimately there was forgiveness and healing that took place. But, it, but you, never use, you never use the devil's tools to accomplish God's work. So it's, sometimes it's scary to trust and obey. But we're, we're indecisive, and the consequence of that is it creates an unstable spiritual life. Here's the third thing. Observation number three. My decisions determine the impact of my life. My decisions determine the impact of my life. In, in Acts chapter 2, we discover that there's this group of people who, who made a decision to devote, to devote themselves wholly to God. Now, because they made that decision to devote themselves wholly to God, just as Jesus said, the result was 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus that day. 3,000 people said yes to God. Now, if you imagine, you know, if, if, if just a pastor devotes his life, that's wonderful. You know, Pastor Terry has done that, and I know he prays, and I know he talks about this church, and he talks about what God is doing and what God can do, and he, can, he's, he talks about Martinez and beyond. And I know he has a huge heart. He talks to God, and he's devoted to God. But imagine now, it's not only Terry, but it's all your staff, all the leaders of your church, and, and not only them, but you. Because when we all gather together and say, you know what, I'm not going to let somebody else just be have an impact. I'm going to make decisions that make an impact for Jesus. I know I'm going to be praying that I can talk to my neighbor. I'm going to pray that I can talk to that coworker who's so rough and, and so obnoxious that everybody kind of like to just get away from him. You know, I'm going to pray that God will use me. You know, we can have an impact on people's lives. Joseph in the Old Testament, he made a decision. When his boss's wife uh, began to sexually pursue him and seduce him, he said, no way. And he, he, he ran from that. Now, it cost him initially because she then lied about him, and it caused him to be thrown into prison. And that, that set a direction in his life. But that direction was God's direction, even though at first it didn't look so good. It, it paid off because ultimately he comes out of prison, having intersected with some other guys, that ultimately he becomes the second highest, most powerful man in all of Egypt, only the Pharaoh himself above him. And the result is Joseph made some other decisions, that ultimately saved Egypt from the famine that occurred and saved his own family, all his brothers, his father, his, 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 his cousins, his aunts, his uncles, nieces, nephews. Everybody gets saved because he made a decision. Now, he couldn't see that. He didn't see all that when he made a decision to run from his boss's wife. He didn't see all that. But it put a direction in his life that brought him to a destiny that impacted a lot of other people. Moses made a decision. It was one he wrestled with. He wasn't all excited about the decision. God said, hey, I want you to go tell the Pharaoh that he's got to let all the, all, all the Hebrew children out of Egypt. And, and Moses said, no, I mean, I, I'm not sure I'm down with that. It's not a good plan. God said, well, it's a very good plan. Well, how about my brother Aaron? Well, no, 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 I want, I want you to do it. And after he wrestles with the decision at the burning bush with God, God then gets him where he needs to be, and he goes off and he does it. And ultimately, a million-plus people are led out of the bondage of, of Egypt and heading towards the Promised Land because one man made a decision, and it impacted a lot of people's lives. In our own American history, Abraham Lincoln, 
He made a decision. After three years of bloody civil war, he made a decision to, to sign the Emancipation Proclamation. And when he signed that Emancipation Proclamation, it literally was a decision that set thousands of people free from the vile, ungodly slavery that they had been a part of. And, and it cost Abraham Lincoln his life cost him his life but ultimately it paid off for millions of people after that to have the hope and the promise of liberty that we all should have now we're still wrestling through all of what that means and looks like but if he had not made that decision we wouldn't be where we're at today thank god he was because it violated the very heart of god slavery was an absolute atrocious violation of god in his word in his care for people now, there are times we make decisions that are really good and impact people for good. Sometimes we make decisions that aren't so good and they impact us not impact others not so good. Here's a guy, Bernie Madoff. Anybody ever hear of him? Anybody invest with him? I mean, you know, Bernie Madoff, uh, he made a decision. He was the mastermind of the largest financial fraud scheme in American history. He took, he, he stole $18 billion from his investors, among of whom were his own parents. The man had no conscience. And, and finally he gets caught, and there are people who have invested their whole life savings, their retirement in with him. Now they are flat broke, some of them losing their homes, and some of them who were ready to enjoy retirement are having to figure out how to go back to work in their, in their older years because this man, he made a decision that ripped people off. After he was found out, prosecuted, put in prison, it affected his own son where his own son, two years later, committed suicide because that man made a bad decision. It is absolutely not... It's not smart thinking for us to assume that our little decisions don't have the ability to kind of reverberate out and impact other people's lives, including those that we love. It does. Our decisions have great impact. Another guy you might be familiar with is Osama bin Laden. Literally, hundreds of thousands of people have died because of this man's decision. As we know, certainly one big event, 9-11, 3,000-plus people died in one major horrendous thing because this man made a decision. You see, our decisions determine our direction. Our direction determines our destiny. What was his destiny? He was wrapped up and put out in the ocean somewhere to sink to the bottom. You know, our decisions determine our, de our direction, our direction, our destiny. And that has impact. It impacts on our lives and impacts on other people's lives. Now, here's number four. My decisions determine my ultimate destiny. Matthew 16, verse 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. He's calling on people to make a decision. What are you going to do? If you try to hang on to your life, if that's your decision, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. 
and what you do and, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? There is not. Your soul is the most valuable thing that God created in the whole of his creation. So Jesus said, listen, fellas, gals, you've got a choice to make. Our church is called the Intersection Open Bible Church. The reason it's called the Intersection Open Bible Church is because an intersection is a place of decision. And we have a lot of decisions in our life. Who are you going to marry? Where are you going to go to school? What kind of a job? What kind of a career? Where are you going to live? All the decisions. But the most important intersection that you'll ever, ever, every single one of us will encounter is the God question intersection. What in the God question intersection simply is this. Will you go on in life without God or will you choose now to go on with God? That decision is the most, most important decision you'll ever make in your life because it not only affects time, but it absolutely affects eternity. So what decisions are you brooding over right now? What, what are you considering? Have you talked to God? What are you thinking? What are you, what are you, what are you thinking through? Listen, your decisions determine direction your direction will determine destiny so therefore i cannot fault anybody for where i'm at in life uh, i've had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to talk to god and god helped me to make wise decisions to help me to get where i am at not because someone else goofed me up or tripped me up they, that happens to all of us but god helps us so you can turn on the back of your page write down quickly Four action steps, and, and then I'm going to get out of the way. Four action steps. I'm not going to say much about these at all. I'm just going to tell you what they are. The first action step is this. Pray for God's direction. Pray for God's direction. Don't, don't just say you're going to pray. Don't let that just mean that you're just thinking about it. No. Dear Jesus, bless this food for the nourishment of our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, talk to God, no matter how simple it is. God, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to do. I am completely lost and indecisive. God, I need you. Talk to him. Second thing, be decisive, but don't hurry. If you're indecisive, a lot of instability that brings to life. But don't hurry. Talk to the right people, which is number three. Talk to trusted companions. Read the Word of God. Journal and read it. It's why we encourage journaling so much. Because you're reading the Word of God. You hear what God says and, and what He thinks about life. Talk to trusted companions and friends. Number four, don't blame every decision on God. In our congregation, I say to people, and, and, and I know it's probably a little over the top because certainly God does speak to us and should be, uh, obviously, that's the point. Talk to God. And hopefully God will be able to give you some direction. I know he will if we talk to him. But I say to the people in our congregation, listen, don't say, well, well God told me, because let's find out if God told you or not. And I've heard a lot of people say God told me, and the whole thing was a disaster, and somebody was laying underneath the byproduct. And, and I'm thinking, is God up there? She's like, got you. You know, God doesn't got us. He cares about us. So God isn't in the, in the mood or the mindset to, to just kind of force us some, some way that he can laugh at us. He cares about us. 
So be sure you don't blame God for every decision. Join me in prayer. Father God, we do love you. We do need you. I, I confess to you that without you, I am in serious trouble. There, there is just absolutely no point, no point in, in my mouth ever even opening if your spirit is not, Lord, directing that conversation. So, Lord, today, even this talk, Lord, may, may you, Lord, may you, Lord, just speak to our hearts and remind us, the Lord, the decisions we make, we must talk to you. We must seek out the counsel of people that are invested in our lives. Lest, Lord, we take a direction that will lead us to a destiny that can be very harmful to our futures. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name.